Hello and welcome to another edition of Spirit of 67. My name is Lee Wilmot. I'm joined by our QPR reporter Phil Spencer. Hi Phil. Hello. And we've also got new recruit uh, Scott Trotter with us today. Hi Scott. Hello there. Um, we'll get straight into it and talk Preston North End at the weekend. Um, not particularly inspiring, Phil, and an early red card did the damage, so I understand. Yeah, it was. Um, it, it looked to be. A, it was a decent start from QPR going into the game. Um, they, they seemed to be matching Preston. Both sides seemed to have. Um, they, they created a, a number of half chances each in the uh, the opening twenty minutes of the game. Uh, but yeah, now the uh, the red card decision for Jamie Mackey did just um, just change the game. Really, it just uh, disrupted the flow. Obviously, QPR had to. Uh, Alter the setup when it happened, and it just kind of disrupted how they uh, how they wanted to go about the game. Um, Correct in, decision. Um, in hindsight, it looked like it probably was. It looked like it probably was the uh, the correct decision. It was um, it was it was a high challenge. Um, it was a high challenge, and it did look like it um, potentially could have been a red card. It looked like Jamie Mackey. I don't really think there was any violent intent in it. Um, he seemed to be kind of pulling away from the challenge, but the fact it was the fact was it was it was high, it was a bit reckless and so when the referee sees that it probably was deserved it was a it was a red card. He doesn't strike me as that sort of player, really. I've I've spoken to him a couple of times before. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he seems like quite a, uh, a gentle, gentle guy, really. Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, I've spoken to him as well. He's, he's not a, uh, he's not a malicious character whatsoever. He's just, um, he's just very enthusiastic. He's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what people say about me. I'm just enthusiastic. Um, no, he's just. Um, I like that about you, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just, uh, he's, he's the kind of player who um, he, he works so hard on the pitch. He's constantly closing down. He constantly wants to make an impression while he's on there. And um, yeah, he just—he um, he was just going for the ball. He was closing down the other defender, and um, yeah, it was maybe just a little bit too enthusiastic in that moment. And obviously, in, in a game as as fast tempo as, uh, as the professional game of football, then he was—he um, was just caught out in that instance. But um, yeah, it did—it did change the game. Um, the way QPR had set up in the first place, it was four-five-one. Uh, but when Mackie went off, obviously that had to change, and it had to go to a, a much more rigid. 4-4-1 that they were having to play and that did kind of disrupt the um, the little bit of creativity that was coming out of QPR's midfield um, Ilias Chair he was a player who was a, a surprise inclusion for Ian Holloway's team on uh, on Saturday and he was he was lining up um, in that kind of like attacking midfield role uh, the position which is normally occupied by Luke Freeman who was suspended for the game um, and it looked like he was going to have a little bit more of a, a free role on Saturday just kind of with Luongo and Scoen playing just behind him, he'd, like the pressure would be taken off him. He could just kind of play his natural game going forward yeah. and not really have to worry about the defensive side. Um, but as soon as it went down to 10 men, he was having to slot in on the left side of midfield and his game was a lot more restricted um, by having to make sure that he was covering for the defence. So um, it was a little bit frustrating for him, uh, personally. He would, he'd have wanted a game where he could really show what he was capable of. But um, at the same time, I think he did come out of it with a, a lot of credit in the fact that he showed that he could do the other side of the game, the slightly more um, mature and essential yeah. side of the game, something he showed that he was capable of putting in a defensive shift as well. It's, um, I suppose we spoke a couple of weeks ago about the fact that QPR had gone to Derby um, and tried to play for a nil-nil draw, sat back and were defensive and then didn't kind of have a plan B when, when they went a goal down. Um, and the red card, I assume made them kind of settle into that kind of the situation again which um, the fans probably won't have enjoyed seeing away from home again yeah I mean um, that, that's through not, no fault of yeah no, absolutely yeah no, I think 
we're not under any illusions. I think even at the start of the game when it was 11 versus 11, with the two teams that were on display, you knew it wasn't going to be a classic. You knew it wasn't going to be um, uh, a four-all unless it was for eight defensive <laughs> mishaps. Um, but um, no, in all seriousness, it was, um, you, you knew it wasn't going to be a classic encounter. And even with uh, all 11 on the pitch, that, that creativity is still lacking somewhat. But yeah, when, when they went down to 10 men, it did become a little bit of a case of, right, we need to sit back and make sure that we are keeping this tight and they did that up until half time um, after half time they did open it up a little bit more the kind of midfielders seemed to have a little bit more freedom they were able to uh, to link up with the attack and they, uh, they played the Matt Smith card on the uh, on the 60 minute mark <laughs> which is a uh, it's like QPR bingo it happens every week <laughs> it's um, yeah so he, he came on and um, like the, the midfield were linking up with him and they, they did create a, a couple of opportunities but um, yeah just I think it might it could have been a case of um physical tiredness playing 10 against 11 it could have been mental tiredness because the QPR were under the cosh a little bit in the second half but yeah uh, Preston just managed to uh, to get that goal in the uh, I think it was the 89th minute uh, just to nick the win and to be honest I don't, I don't think they deserve to win the game I think a draw probably would have been a fair result based on how it mm. went because Preston they for me they, they weren't turning the screw enough they weren't um, you, you didn't look at them and think they're playing against a team with less players here it seemed yeah. quite even throughout the match so um yeah, I think QPR were unfortunate not to uh, not to get anything from that match. I'll bring um, Scott in here because I know he's desperate to uh, give us a couple of little snippets of uh, Preston North End trivia and discuss them with Phil. Um, well, yeah, Preston, I think, quite well known for quite a narrow pitch there and that often disrupts teams' normal game. Um, so QPR have to kind of adjust around that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think in terms of how QPR played it, that probably played to the strengths a little bit in, in the first instance. They're not, they're not ble- uh, blessed with um, like particular talent in the wide areas. They don't play with real wingers, so they don't really utilise the, the width of the pitch anyway. So the fact that it's quite a narrow pitch at deep they'll probably work to their advantage. Um, similarly, when, when they did go down to 10 men and the, the task was keeping things tight, when you've got Ilias Chair, a 20-year-old, making his league debut on the, on the left side of midfield, you kind of want the pitch to be a little bit more compact mm. so the other team don't have space to... Um, to play the natural game so that, that probably worked in your advantage in, in the end there I don't think it's quite the place you want to go when your strikers are struggling though to Preston no I don't think so they're a, they're a big they're a big physical team Preston um, yeah the, the defence they're, they're, they're a good team to be honest Preston they're a, they're a solid mid-table team in the championship they're not they're not outstanding going forward but they are solid in defence and that's something that they have done well uh, particularly this season um, the, the only real player that um, looked like he was going to cause QPR problems and ultimately did with his goal in the 89th minute was uh, Jordan Hugel who was just like a, an absolute battering ram up front it was just um, on a, they'd lubbed the ball up to him and he was just knocking the defenders for six every single time um, and he's he's a good player but he was the only real threat that Preston had and um, yeah I, I don't think I don't think a victory for Preston was necessarily a fair result or, or a fair reflection on on how the game actually played out Let's talk about um, Alex Baptiste um, because he's given QPR a few more issues to concern themselves with in the coming weeks. Yeah. Um, what, what happened? What happened after the final whistle? What well, happened before it? Every week when we plan this podcast, we put defensive injuries, <laughs> defensive uh, defensive selection on the list, and um, yeah, here we are again. It's just it's it's, it's just got worse again. Um, yeah, I mean it was. Um, he picked up a red card after the full-time whistle. So um, after after the goal had gone in in the 89th minute, obviously QPR were extremely frustrated that they conceded a late goal. 
Um, Alex Baptiste, he got a, a silly yellow card for throwing the ball away um, like a minute or so after that. Uh, but no one really thought anything more of it. And then um, after the game, the whistle blew. Everyone in the press boxes uh, putting the finishing touches to their, uh, to their match reports and whatnot. Um, but then a couple of people noticed that the referee had uh, brandished the uh, red card after the full-time whistle and it was pointed at Alex Baptiste. And um, speaking to, um, to Ian Holloway after the game, it, it sounded like he was saying that um, Alex Baptiste had had some uh, some choice words we'll say um for one of the one of the, his former teammates who was uh, who was playing for Preston but the referee thought that he was saying it to him so it was a little bit of a uh, a mix up in communication Baptiste was saying that he was saying it to his former teammate the referee was going well now he seemed to say those choice words in uh, in my direction. A Deli Alley uh, moment, if you will. A little uh, bit, yeah. The finger directed at a former it. teammate that's and the referee it. took it as... Uh, that's it. I mean, whether, whether you should be saying those, <laughs> those choice words... <laughs> choice words. Um, we won't discuss what those choice words are. <laughs> whether you should be saying that around the referee or on the football pitch at all is, is up for debate anyway. Yeah, um, all the time, isn't it, on the football pitch? Well, yeah, but maybe just don't do it right in front of the referee, <laughs> yeah, where, yeah. where it can be construed as directed at the referee. But um, yeah, I think I think it was just frustration boiling over. Um, yeah, he, he must have been frustrated at the end of the game, but ultimately, it's it's cost his it's cost his team because going into the game against Leeds on Saturday now, um, unless by some divine miracle one of the other defenders recovers, QPR are only going to have two fit senior defenders going into the match which um, isn't a particularly good situation when they're both left back. same as last week's <laughs> podcast we said we're pretty, pretty running much. over the same ground again aren't we <laughs> last week it was there's only three fit defenders <laughs> this week there's only two fit defenders and you can see where it's going exactly <laughs> um, I'll bring Scott in um, about the next topic before we speak to you Phil um, FA Cup draw Scott QPR versus MK Dons comes out of the hat what are you thinking as an outsider well you can't wait for fixtures like that <laughs> <laughs> um so I think it's one of those FA Cup. I mean, I don't know how much sort of joy QPR will be hoping to get from that with the league performances being the way they are. But I always think it's not too bad to have a winnable one as your first one because it's always a good way of getting some momentum, even if it's not the one that's going to get crowds bums in the seats. Um, so I don't think Ian Holloway could be too disappointed with that kind of draw. Mm-hmm. They have yeah. played them in the FA Cup previously, haven't they? A few um, a few years back, is that am I right in thinking that? I think so. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not exactly sure what um, what the result was on that day, but I do know that QPR have had a pretty torrid um, record in the FA Cup, in well, in fact, in all cups in the uh, in the last couple of uh, the last couple of seasons. But I think what Scott said is right. I think it was probably it, it's a fairly well. You'd think it's a fairly winnable game that they've got there. Um, obviously, there, there was easier ties available. Um, in in the hat, but um, I think a home game against MK Dons. Um, I think M- MK Dons they're, they're going to be wanting to uh, to push towards the top of League One. So it's a case of are they going to be taking the uh, the FA Cup that seriously? Are they just going to be happy to rotate the squad, use it as a bit of a uh, a free hit if they go through? Great if they if they don't, and then they're not that bothered. Um, but I suppose at the same time, it's the same kind of thing for for QPR as well because if their focus is on on the Championship and if they're in, in bad form like they are at the moment kind of in free fall down to the relegation zone uh, they might be wanting to use it to, uh, to rest up a couple of players um, get a couple of players back back fit and uh, use that squad a little bit and um, yeah same again um, just kind of use some of those squad players in that FA Cup game um, yeah I, th- I, think, I think it's a winnable game for them I don't think it's one which is um, it's not a team that anyone would have particularly 
pulled out and gone, oh, that's a, that's a stunner, that game. I don't think, um, I mean, I think it's fairly certain that um, that, that game's going to be a three o'clock kickoff on the Saturday. I, can't see that one getting, uh, <laughs> I think we can I be sure of that, can't we? Can't see that one getting moved for uh, BBC on a Friday night. So, um, yeah, well, we'll just see what comes of it. But um, it's, it's a winnable game, and uh, yeah, hopefully QPR can, can get something from it and uh, get a, uh, a nice victory to start off uh, 2018. 2013 it was, um, fourth round game when QPR were in the Premier League. Queen's Park Rangers 2, MK Dons 4. Oh dear. <laughs> that was a fourth round tie um, no. <laughs> on that occasion. <laughs> um, so I'm sure the fans will be hoping not to have a repeat of that. <laughs> um, before we um, tie everything up um, today, we'll just have a look ahead to the weekend. Um, Leeds United, um, another tough one for QPR, mm-hmm. I think yeah. it's safe to say. Yeah, they, they don't really, um, <laughs> they're not really getting much easier for QPR, are they? Um, Especially if the, uh, the defenders are dropping like flies, but um, no, I think I think it will be a, a difficult game. I think Leeds have had a uh, they've had a decent start to the season. They brought in quite a few new players over the summer, and um, yeah, they have they have looked fairly fairly strong so far this season, especially going forward. So I think they'll they'll provide a tough test for QPR um, at Loftus Road. Um, I think as ever when QPR are playing at Loftus Road, they'll just be looking to to play the natural game and just stop Leeds from playing from playing their their passing style of football. Um, obviously with only two fit defenders um, we don't really know who's going to be lining up in that QPR defence whether it's going to be youngsters coming in or whether it might just be a case of a couple of midfielders having to play out of position to uh, to use that experience to see them through the game but I think it will be a, a difficult test for them and um, yeah certainly possibly not the ideal fixture that they'll be looking for in terms of trying to get back to winning ways Is it not the worst time to play Leeds? Um They've obviously, the last two away games, um, they've beaten Barnsley, lost to Wolves, um, drew with Aston Villa at home mm-hmm. um, last Friday. Mm. Yeah, I think they've, um, Le- Leeds have lost their way slightly. They, they had a good start to the season. It has it has fallen away slightly, but I think the quality is still there in that team. They've got enough enough decent players that they can hurt anyone on the day. Um, and I think especially with, uh, with the amount of injuries, I know we keep mentioning it with QPR, <laughs> but I think it is quite quite key for them in terms of these these kind of matches. Um, Leeds do have the players to hurt them, so QPR need to set up accordingly. And it'll probably be the emphasis on on the midfield of Massimo Luongo and Josh Scowen and Luke Freeman who'll be available again for this game uh, to make sure that Leeds can't get on the ball, pass away through QPR and uh, basically just try and shield that defence as much as possible for the 90 minutes. Did you take any stock in that, Scott? Um, obviously, Leeds have had four defeats in their last seven Um do you go on it's a good time to play a team or anything like that or is it just on the day I think a fully fit QPR team actually would have quite a good chance against Leeds I know I saw them against um, Cardiff earlier on this season and they really struggled with kind of Cardiff's in your face direct sort of style and I think like I say fully fit QPR that's what they're going to bring they're going to bring some direct football pressure in the defence because that's where Cardiff really had a lot of luck Um, whether a weakened QPR team that's struggling at the back can do the same thing as that is maybe another question but I think Leeds is an opportunity that perhaps doesn't look like an opportunity so you could get a good result and hopefully mm-hmm. some good feeling behind the team mm-hmm. I mean that's it I mean we're saying that um, is it a good time to play Leeds but Leeds will certainly be thinking it's a good <laughs> yeah, time true. to play QPR at this point the flip so side. Um, yeah they'll be going two fit defenders we got this so uh, <laughs> no, but, I mean, complacency you never know that's it I mean this is exactly the kind of game where um, I mean you only have to go back a few weeks when, when QPR were playing Wolves and playing Sheffield United at home yeah. the top two in the league and no one no one backed them to get anything from those two games and recorded back to back wins so um, it just it seems to be the way with QPR that when you uh, 
when you don't expect anything from them, that's when they seem to come to the fore. And so hopefully that'll be the case um, this weekend and they can get a result and um, yeah, put an end to the run of games without a, a victory. 3-0 QPR then. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> right, thanks. Connor Washington hat trick. <laughs> Thank you very much for that, guys. We'll, we'll wrap it up there. Phil will be at Leeds, um, or at Loftus Road, for the uh, visit of Leeds this weekend. Uh, all your latest news is on getwestlondon.co.uk, and we'll be back for another Spirit of 67 next week.